With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same-game parlay bets, live betting, it's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. It's Prime Cuts, baby. Best of the Colin Coward podcast. This week, our 2022 NFL preseason special. We're getting you ready for week one with the Vikings rookie head coach, Kevin O'Connell. You know, he comes from the Sean McVay Rams staff, former NFL player. Meanwhile, nobody knows the Browns like Mary Kay Cabot. Messy transition. Baker to Deshaun Watson. She's got the inside. Plus, the volumes Mike Silver broke a story on Jimmy G., Is there a dark horse looking that makes sense in Jimmy G's future? And how close was Brady from becoming a Raider? Also, Dave Wanstat, Pittsburgh guy, knows Chicago too. What do the Bears do with unhappy linebacker Roquan Smith? And Steelers, Kenny Pickett, week one. Should they start him? God, I love football. You know, Kevin, um, one of the reasons I've picked the Vikings is is the most improved team in the league. And I said, listen, this is nothing against Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Zimmer. These are really good coaches. But there is something about offensive coaches and the sensibility and the fragility of quarterbacks. Uh, they make a lot of money and they get a lot of criticism. And I said, I don't know if Kirk ever 
had the, a guy that he could kind of feel like he could complain, and it's okay to complain. You've quarterbacked. You know this, kind of the the ups and downs of it. I mean, it's you have a bad Sunday. It lives with you. It is hard to get that out of your like system. And I, th- I said, I've said, I think, I think he needed an offensive coach. It's no criticism to anybody in this league. Russell Wilson and Pete struggled at the end. Belichick and Brady struggled. It, it, there is something. Um, so when you have your relationship with Kirk, when you sat down the first time, like what did you guys address? What did you? How did you connect with him? Well, that's the word you just said at the very end. Um, it's about connecting. Um, I think this. I think offensive football um, in our league. Um, I think it always has, but maybe more so than ever. Uh, runs through the quarterback position and, and runs through the comfort of the quarterback position, not the play caller. Um, you can have a bunch of stuff drawn up on the board that looks really great and, and try to put it in a game plan. But I think the quarterback ownership uh, of not only the week in and week out plan, uh, but the comfort of being able to be themselves, you know, how they hand, how they lead. Cause I do think it's not a prerequisite to, to being successful at this position in this league. But I think just like as a head coach, just like what I try to do any, every single day, I think if your quarterback, you know, is, a, is, is authentically being himself and, and he's as talented as Kirk is and gains the respect of his teammates because they see how he works, they see how he prepares, they see all he wants to do deep down inside is win, is, is win football games. Um, I think my role as a coach and really as the offensive play caller and, and coaches just, just really try to connect with him so much that he's an extension of me and I can be an extension of him and, and I can learn kind of uh, what makes him tick. And then ultimately uh, what we do on Sundays is going to be about what he's comfortable with. You know, I'm going to, I think those meetings, Colin, those one-offs, those Friday afternoons, those Saturday mornings, game plan set. Um, I may have my likes, I may have my favorites of the week, but you know what, Colin, if they don't show up on his list and when we talk things out, Guess what plays aren't going to get called? They're going to be uh, when in doubt. And, and, and by no means do we ask him to call the game or try to, you know, you know, put everything together for us. But we lay out the plan. We give him repetition. We give him the intent. And then it's about, you know, finding that balance between what we think is the best way to attack an opponent, but also what we think is the best way to get him in a rhythm, keep him from getting hit. And then ultimately allow him uh, allow himself to, to to feel great throughout that game, the ebbs and flows. Because what you said is right; it's the hardest position in sports, both during a game, after a game, highs and lows of a season. We're just trying to create an environment for Kirk where he can be himself on a daily basis. Um, he can lead our group, and then ultimately uh, prepare in a way that when his best is required on Sundays, he'll be there for us time and time again. And you know what? I know how hard it is if he's not. Or uh, he he hits that adversity that every NFL quarterback, no matter who you are, you hit throughout a season. You know, I'm going to be the first guy standing there to let him know, hey, we're going to figure this out together. We're going to work through it. And uh, I'm going to be right there with you every step of the way. And I do think that offensive, defensive coaching, I just think that's my philosophy uh, for our whole team. But I think it magnifies itself for our quarterback. You know, it, it's so you have an offensive philosophy and then – I mean, the Rams didn't have a coordinator for a couple of years before you got there. So they, they had to have really liked you, right? So, cause I, I looked back here and they went, did they go 2019? Cause you worked there 2020 to 2021. You were the offensive yep. coordinator. So yep. <laughs> I'm not sure who was the OC before you. I know different guys like Jed Fish were working on the staff, but so McVeigh obviously had great trust in you. So you have this offensive philosophy, 
And then you work with McVeigh, this powerful sort of mind. So, like, how do you mesh, like, what you would do, and then you move some Sean stuff in? I mean, is there anything you've had and you've said, shit, I'm bailing on that. I'm just taking Sean's. I like that. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I think that my offensive philosophy, um, all it was one of those things, Colin, where I thought a lot of things, but then I got to experience kind of walking into um, a great offensive staff with with some really good players in L.A., but a scheme that had been, you know, they'd been running that scheme for three years by the time I got there with a lot of success early on. Then it was kind of like the league, you know, tried to do some things, different front mechanics, different personnel groups to try to talk Sean out of some of the things that they were doing early on, mainly at the line of scrimmage when they would go fast. Um, and then really I come in during the, uh, you know, not, you know, break it all down to build it up back up again, but just really through a process of which um, assessing uh, how we can kind of, you know, kind of negate some of these advantages that people are trying to get by the tactics they're using to slow what we did down. And then uh, just, you know, kind of, you know, the pass game philosophy at its core, um, you know, concepts, how you read things, how you tie quarterbacks, feet and eyes together. Um, I really felt like I was able to, you know, have an impact, have a role uh, with that evolution that took place in 2020. Um, but then also, you know, be able to just learn and kind of intake everything that kind of had transpired for three years. Um, and then just being around Sean as a play caller, how things get packaged together, um, how you uh, make sure you've got answers for th some things that can be catastrophic if you don't. Um, just how you put those, the quarterback at ease with with providing a plan with those types of answers. Um, I learned a lot. I took a lot from it. I learned a lot from being around a guy like Matthew Stafford last year, seeing a veteran quarterback played 12 years in a lot of different offenses. Then he comes in and in one year, um, you know, that evolution continued to go forward and we figured out ways to push the ball down the field, new ways of running tempo and attacking, you know, keeping our attacking mindset, but maybe understanding we had a, a guy that, you know, we didn't want to put a governor on at the quarterback position because right. we knew we had Cooper and Robert and Higby. Um, we signed, you know, we've got Van Jefferson and, and, and Tyler, or and, uh, you know, obviously you signed Deshaun Jackson, and then it's Odell Beckham, and it's, hey, this quarterback can make it all go, uh, but we also still want to maintain our identity, and that was the really cool part is from day one watching that, between Sean, myself, and Matthew, you know, there was a lot of meetings that took place over the course of, you know, really a year there where, you know, my football philosophy changed, morphed, adapted based upon a really high level ball between Sean, myself, and Matthew. And Matthew being at the driver's seat of all of that uh, was a really special year. And it culminated with us winning a Super Bowl. But I think back, Colin, on all those times, talking about plays and, progressions and hey maybe i love something and the two of them were like no i don't think that's great this week or vice versa or maybe it was matthew and myself banging on the table for a play and sean saying easy now like this is why it's a no for me this week or this is why i love it this week but ultimately nobody ever got hurt feelings everybody just continued to say you know what we trust one another and when that when it came time to kick off on sundays we had great plans and and like i circled back to on kirk uh, you know, player ownership and Matthew owning that thing from start to finish is what helped us not only have success, but overcome the adversity like I talked about that's going to come. We didn't win a game in November. We turned it over uh, probably too much, put the defenses in tough spots. Then we had to circle back and, and, and kind of really figure out what we wanted to be late in the year and go not win at nine out of our last 10 and, and hoist the Lombardi. So I learned 
so much through that experience, both the positives, but then also that adversity that really defined, you know, what I think that team was and really taught me a lot about the chair that I'm in now and how I can lead a football team moving forward. So I saw McVay dog cuss golf a few times. Yep. And I, listen, Stafford, I, there are a couple times I've seen him, if not confront, you know, go up to Matt and say, who has the emotional discipline to handle anything Sean says? But what about those days when you have to be Kirk? Here's one of my knocks on Kirk. Let it rip. Interceptions are okay. Like, let her rip. I do think, is it is it a fair criticism to say it sometimes Kirk can be um, a tad cautious? Is that fair? I think it's, it's, it's all through the lens of, you know, getting all the information uh, for whatever those decisions may be. I think Kirk's got a really good sense of situational football. Um, he's constantly pushing us around here to have practice periods every single day where there's a situation involved. You know, what is it? It's two minute, it's third down, it's low red zone. Hey, we're in a no sack mentality right here. Hey, I can be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, it is a two minute to go try to win a game. We're down, we need a touchdown. Um, what I've really challenged him uh, with since I got here was to be the same guy, be the good decision maker. Um, I would never, ever call a talented guy like Kirk a game manager, but I think every great quarterback manages the game, if that makes sense. Right. And a lot of that is managing risk-reward of the situation. Uh, what's the play call? What's the intent? What's the look? You know, Do we have that premier look to take a shot? And you know what? I'm okay with the, with the result, to your point. I'm okay with the outcome. The result, if we, uh, you know, we we wait two quarters to take a shot to Justin Jefferson one on one in a certain coverage situation, and if that doesn't work out our way, the ball maybe bounces funny. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, what I what ultimately we're hoping for, and I think Kirk completely understands that, is uh, it's those situations where hey, we don't pull the trigger, but why? Let's talk about it. Well, uh, we've 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 grown already immensely together just by having those one one on one meetings. We meet a lot, just him and I. And we watch practice and we watch games and we watch old footage from him or the Rams or any other team. And we just absorb the situation. And there's a lot of what would you call here? There's a lot of, well, if I called this, would you be thinking about it like that? Um, right. And or and, and and don't forget about this, Colin, the, the beauty of the coach, the quarterback situ- uh, system in our league is I can talk to him uh, when he's out there between the lines. And I could say a play call, you know, hey, we're running this, this and this. Um, here's what I'm thinking here. And and that can take a lot of that pressure uh, off his plate because it's the head coach saying it and it's the head coach calling the play. And ultimately, we can live that situation and more importantly, the result uh, together. And I think it's really important once you have the process of getting to that result is right. You can't really deal with the the, the results negatively at that point. You just got to deal with them together and say, you know what, that's exactly what we wanted. This is the shot to take. It didn't work out in our favor this time, but you know what, Colin? Next time it's gonna. If we just maintain what we're, uh, what him and I continue to build together, and and forget the fact that we can rely on a lot of really talented players around him as well. And then knowing we've got a defense on the other side, we're we're gonna ask them to pick us up from time to time. And that's how you play complimentary football, you know, which I learned from one of the best coaches and maybe the best coach in the history of our game and coach Belichick, I mean, that complimentary nature to your team, just because you're an offensive head coach, I better be for sure invested in our defense, special teams, and really what makes it all go for our 53 guys out there. NFL kickoff is still a couple of weeks away, but you can get in on the action now on the FanDuel Sportsbook with their NFL Super Win Bonus. Right now, anybody who places at least a $50 Super Bowl winning bet 
gets $5 back for each win your team has during the regular season. Pretty cool. So what NFL Super Bowl bet would you make? Can the Rams repeat at plus 1,100? Maybe you think it's Josh Allen and the Bills at plus 600. There are a ton of other future markets available, like team win totals, division winners, player props, so many more. No better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, official sports betting partner of the NFL. So if you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, download the app, sign up, promo code Colin. Again, get $5 for every win your team has if you bet at least 50 on them to win the Super Bowl. The promo code again, Colin, C-O-L-I-N. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rates LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 million. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Colin. linkedin.com slash Colin. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We should probably consider bringing Mary Kay Cabot full-time to the volume, but she's already so employed by the plain dealer in Cleveland.com, she doesn't have room for us. She's also recently a finalist for the Bill Nunn Jr. Award, which goes to a reporter who has a long and distinguished contribution to pro football. You know, Mary Kay, as I look at the schedule, the Browns do get, they get a hell of a scheduling break. So in the first several weeks, Carolina, okay, battle line could really struggle against the Browns defensive front. Then it's the Jets. We don't even know if Zach Wilson plays or Flacco. Then it's the Steelers. We may have rookie Kenny Pickett on the field. Then it's the Falcons, Marcus Mariota. Okay. Then you look two weeks later, it's New England, where Matt Patricia is calling offensive plays. Um, It heats up in late October, early November. Uh, They get Miami at home. Uh, Miami's got some push, but again, that's at home. Warm weather Miami, cold weather Cleveland. But to your point, it's about week 10 Then you start facing the Josh Allens and the Lamars and the Bradys is I wonder if optimistically, like when you cover these guys, I could see Stefanski saying, God, if we could just get a 10 game suspension, if we could get to 12 and we could be near 500 because Cleveland faces a lot of young quarterbacks and dysfunctional offenses and rebuilding offensive lines. If, if, you know, you have to navigate when Baker was there. Yeah, it, you were very early on this where Stefanski was, Baker was wearing him out. 
and you were pretty early on this, like they were over him last year, about week six, week seven. Um, they have to be very supportive of Deshaun Watson. Um, as you navigate this story, do you sense stress with Stefanski? Do you sense any of that in the building management executive Stefanski? I don't. And it's so hard to believe that, I know. Uh, but he is built for this kind of thing. And I think that was one of the reasons why they hired him. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he grew up around sports. In fact, I mean, Ed Stefanski, who is, you know, was an NBA executive his entire career. There's just something about Kevin Stefanski, even just for his age. I mean, he, he really is unflappable and he's just a, a flatliner. And I do think that, um, I think he's handling it all very well. Usually I can see those signs of distress on someone's face. You know, you can, uh, he does have a little bit more, you know, salt and pepper in the beard now, but, um, but for the most part, you know, he seems, he seems okay to me. I mean, he just, you know, controls what he can. And I think it sets the right tone for the football team because most of the players are, you know, buying into that party line that, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to win games. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of coaches would not have been able to handle this the way that he has so far. You're a woman. You know the story on Deshaun Watson. It's predatory. It's, as Roger Goodell said, it's creepy. Uh, there's a preponderance of evidence. Uh, let me just ask straight out, covering him, for you, what is it like? Well, there are a lot of challenges in covering this story. There are so many challenges because there are a lot of layers to it. Uh, you know, you really have to... Uh, you know, it's a minefield to walk through. It it really is. Um, and so I think, you know, anybody covering it right now, and uh, you know, I mean, it's basically almost a no-win situation, no matter what you try to say or do. And, you know, how we talk about players having to block out the noise. Well, you know, I've had to do that for a long time uh, because of, you know, just Twitter and, you know, some Baker stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I'm used to that. Um, but I'm really having to do it now, just like a lot of other people are too, because no matter what you tweet, no matter what you write, uh, you're going to have a segment of the population that is going to come down really, really hard on you. Uh, it's difficult in many ways. Um, just because, um, you know, just from a, a standpoint of, you know, you don't want to not give all due respect to the accusers. I mean, you really have to do that. By the same token, uh, you have to try to maintain some type of ability to cover the quarterback that is involved in this situation. Um, and so it's just it's it's hard all the way around. And and also, you know, a lot of information is it's hard to come by. I mean, we're kind of new to this story. There have been people that have covering this have been covering this story out of Houston for a long, long time. And then, you know, he he shows up on on the Browns doorstep in March and, you know, you have to try to quickly develop relationships and sources and and do the best you can with it. So it's been challenging from that standpoint. But more so than anything, it's been uh, very difficult to uh, just to walk that fine line uh, down the middle of, you know, who's who's going to be, you know, hurt or upset by all of this. Does Baker Mayfield still have uh, allies in the city? Yes, I would say so. Yeah, he does. I mean, a lot of people have jumped off the bandwagon, but I will tell you, we have been covering his practices pretty much on a daily basis in Carolina for Cleveland.com. I mean, not in person or anything, but, you know, we kind of write about them each day. 
And they're some of the most well-read stories on the site every single day. Uh, so people still have an appetite for Baker Mayfield. Part of that might be because the Browns are playing him in the opener. Like, how can you how can you have a better storyline uh, than that from the from the Baker Mayfield saga? It's it's really kind of uncanny. But um, but yes, yeah, so that's part of it. Um, but yes, there are people here that that really still feel for Baker Mayfield. Well, I mean, listen, two-time walk-on, underdog quality. Cleveland's feel, felt beat up, I think, for decades in sports by the national media, the reputation. There's a certain symmetry, I thought, with Baker and Cleveland. I just thought I, – I said this early. He was just too snarky. I always feel like um, you can't win the press conference as a quarterback. You just have to sometimes fall on the sword. Um uh, Baker always felt like he had to win the press conference. And some of that's just, he's a young 25 year old guy. He's a kid. And um, uh, so yeah, part of me, um, I do think he'll win that job in Carolina. And I think it's a battle line. So it, I, you know what I feel bad about Baker, Mary Kay is a lot of times in life, you get a great opportunity and you're not ready for it. And you never get a second great one. Lane Kiffin. Uh, he just wasn't ready for the Raiders in USC, but he's a really smart coach. He got a second opportunity in the SEC, and he's crushing. He's a great coach. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian wasn't ready for the USC job. Personal issues. He got a second opportunity. Where I feel bad for Baker is I'm not sure he's ever going to get that offensive line or he's ever going to get Nick Chubb. I mean, it was really American. It was really built for a quarterback. You, it, it was, it was almost the Niners' offense. It was quarterback friendly, not quarterback centric. And part of me thinks, oh, Baker, you had it. <laughs> Those kind of offensive lines, because he didn't make any money, they don't exist. You can't go buy a right tackle, right? Right. And and the ironic part about this whole thing, and I think about this sometimes, what would have happened if Baker Mayfield had not asked to be traded the day after or the day the Cleveland Browns went down to try to court Deshaun Watson? What if he would not have asked to be traded? Would he be still the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns right now? You know, I, I mean, there's a, a world in which that's possible. And uh you know, so I, I don't know. It's just weird the way that that the whole thing worked out, because at that point, you know, negotiations opened back up and they opened up those purse strings and they threw two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed at Deshaun Watson. And all of a sudden, the team that he had supposedly ruled out was his first choice. And here he was. So um, I just have to wonder what would have happened. Mike Silver, now a member of The Volume, host of Open Mic Podcast. And uh, I want to start with a story that you wrote, San Francisco Chronicle, breaking news story that I didn't know. So when the Niners signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a contract, <laughs> he disappeared for several weeks, if not several months. This was news to me. Um, did, did the Niners... Because I always thought Jimmy was kind of a team guy, but did they have buyer's remorse after they couldn't get a hold of him for six weeks? Well, you know, you and I both have kids who are, you know, running with the cool crowd. So I think the term is ghosted. He ghosted them. If I, I'm going to have to check with my kids to make sure I'm saying that right. But uh, yeah, Colin, so let's go back to 2017. They make the trade for Jimmy at the deadline, which surprised a lot of people. And they hadn't done a lot of thought beforehand uh and 
you know, Belichick called Kyle. They did the deal for a two. And then he came in and won those last five games after they were already eliminated and they were calling him Jimmy Jesus and chanting MVP at Levi's. And so they paid him and he was for a minute, the highest paid player in football. And I covered that press conference for NFL Network. We carried it live. It was a ray of sunshine for a franchise that had had a rough few years, you know, with the Harbaugh firing and then Tom Sula and Chip Kelly, and they were all fired up. And then, yeah, the way it was told to be by uh, several members of that coaching staff, uh, then he just kind of stopped communicating for weeks and weeks. And that is not normal behavior for a franchise quarterback, let alone one that you just, you know, made the highest paid guy in football. So that kind of caught them off guard. So I don't want to say Jimmy's not a team guy. Uh, he's very, very well liked in that locker room. Uh, he's a very likable guy. He's a tough player and, and he, you know, played through injuries last year and almost got them to a Super Bowl. But uh, it definitely frustrated his bosses, and it happened again uh, that next offseason after, you know, he had suffered the knee injury that wiped out most of 2018. It happened again after 2019 when he had a 10-point lead midway through the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And the only time that it didn't happen was 2020 when they drafted Trey Lance after making the trade. Then Jimmy... I kept hearing what a great offseason he was having. That was code for he's here and he's engaged. Um, and he, you know, and he did have a, a really impressive season last year given the injuries he fought through. But then somewhat predictably, after last season ended uh with the NFC championship game defeat, he not only uh stopped communicating, but he went and got his shoulder taken care of on his throwing arm, which uh they were not in the loop. Uh, about that decision and then their efforts to trade him uh, were short-circuited largely because of that not that he didn't need the surgery but just uh, the frustration returned but at this point they had already kind of psychically moved on to Trey Lance anyway yeah I mean I, I can see people listening to this and saying so what you 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 get it. it's like no you're not a franchise quarterback Right. You have a regular right. job like franchise quarterback. You'd prefer not being ghosted for seven to eight to nine weeks. I mean, that's. that's yeah. And it's and, and, you know, these are voluntary activities, but the job of quarterback is considered very different uh, in the NFL. And that's one reason why they're paid what they're you know, what they're paid. And, um, you know, we saw with Kyler Murray, right, there was the infamous clause in his contract uh, that seemed to indicate that his employers don't believe. He can be counted on for sure to do outside studying. And you and I talked about that. We talked about Ben Roethlisberger and how he wasn't a big studier earlier in his career. So it could be a very sensitive issue. Um, these guys can care deeply. They can prepare intensely. They can be very tough. But there are different de degrees of obsession. And, you know, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, probably tried to use every free second he could to figure out a way to, to get an edge. You know, Aaron Rodgers this offseason had all these new receivers, so there was a very valid reason for him to want to get with them timing-wise and start establishing that connection. And he chose to, um, you know, uh, by his own account, uh, trip. Uh, and I'm joking around. I, you know, I went to Cal. I'm not judging. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers 
decided not to spend a bunch of time doing that in the offseason. And he may be good enough to get away with that. Tom Brady, you know, hit a point in New England where he wanted to be in LA in the offseason and he wasn't around much. So you can, you know, you can overcome it, but usually the stories of it being overcome usually have to do with guys who are first ballot Hall of Fame level talents and not guys like Jimmy who are in that, you know, that next tier or or the one below. You know, it's interesting. I said Garoppolo in Tampa makes a lot of sense. I don't think Tom wants to be in Tampa this year. Um, offensive line is all beat up. He's worked with Garoppolo before. There's no longer a threat. He's leaving the second the season's over. Garoppolo's an accurate distributor on a team with lots of really nice receiving weapons. That Now, now you've you got to look at the salary cap, but you start looking around the league. Teams either have their guy are going to be drafting their guy, Seattle, Atlanta, or are giving a young guy one more year. Jets, you know, Giants. Giants. Yeah. Tampa, Mike, Tampa feels right to me. That's interesting. I mean, I think the Giants want him and their cap is so uh, leveraged, at least in their perception, because I think the cap can always be manipulated. But I think the Giants' perspective is, yeah, we think he's better than Daniel Jones. We would rather have him now but you know it costs even even if you reduce the 24 million which i think you would have to it, it would be tough for us cap wise and then i think the other thing with some of these teams is you think yeah we could maybe prop it up with jimmy and go seven and ten eight nine this year and you know think we're better than we really are or we could just take our lumps now and as you said draft the next guy uh, a year from now, although that logic is always tough because the NFL is so ephemeral that you think you have more time usually than you actually do when you right. you know go through rough patches. Unless you work for Mike Brown, and I don't even say that pejoratively. Good for Mike Brown for sticking with Zach Taylor longer than many owners would have, and giving him that third year and getting rewarded with a with the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I, Tampa. That's interesting. I mean, I think about Jimmy, I'd be all ears on that one. Um, you know, and, and, and listen, I don't, you know, Tom's a, uh, a medical marvel that at this age, he is doing what he's done. And I've been expecting for years and years and years for a drop off to happen and for it to be pretty precipitous the way it was with Peyton and the way we've seen it be with others. And he freakishly defies it year after year. But I also don't subscribe to the weird logic out there that people seem to have he will play forever next year what watch where he goes when he's 46. oh my god if he can you're three in miami at age 48 like at some point it's you know he's gonna either get hurt or it's gonna fall off quickly and i i also believe as i think you know you've certainly heard this in the past where people say once a guy starts thinking about retiring they're done mentioning it you're in football, you're kind of like already retired. Well, he did it and came back. And now he, you know, we don't know why he missed training camp. Uh, but, um, you know, maybe, as you said, he's already mentally kind of half out the door and, and working for Fox for lots and lots of money. Um, yeah, I don't know why he's gone. My guess is he retired. He promised his family 10 days in, you know, Costa Rica or Big Sky, Montana. And, you know, your wife and the kids, you don't break promises. That that ends up being a longer season than you anticipate. Um, <laughs> I was I was shocked because when the story came out that Tom Brady was shopping for a mansion in Las Vegas, I said on the air, it doesn't fit his brand. 
Why would you want to go play Mahomes twice a year? I didn't buy it at all. Dana White has instructed us. It happened, and it was close. Were you surprised by that? No, I mean, I knew that they had thought about it. And my perception or my reported perception of what was going on with the Raiders um, in each of those two off seasons, the one before Brady went to Tampa and then the next one when Russell Wilson had put them on his list of potential trade suitors is that ownership was driving the let's get a star, um, you know, push that Mark Davis had kind of reached a point with Derek Carr that he wasn't feeling it. He had this new stadium in Vegas that was getting set to open, though it turned out there would be no fans that first year. But he was all fired up. Like, we could have Tom Brady in this new stadium. And then the next year, we could have Russell Wilson in this new stadium. And that the Gruden and his assistants were, um, though Gruden certainly wasn't a car, you know, uh, cheerleader, he had come to realize, like, look, this guy's really smart. He's pretty good. And, you know, we think we can get better if we could just get – you know, functional on defense and and get him another weapon. So I think it does check out to me that I had heard the thing about Brady looking for houses in Vegas kind of secondhand. I don't know if that was true. And by the way, Brady could have been looking for a house in Vegas as his Vegas house, you know, anyway, who knows? Um, I do know that it was talked about by the Raiders. I do know that ownership was into the idea of having a star. I believe that Gruden, who it's kind of known for telling everyone you're my guy, you're my guy, you're my guy until they're not. I believe it's possible Gruden kind of at least let it get back to Brady's camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my guy. And then one push came to shove decided, um, you know, we're going to keep Derek Carr. And in fairness, I think the 49ers did the same thing in a less celebrated way. And that may well have been his first choice that uh, yeah. The 49ers thought about it and said, look, we just went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy. We've got this team we think can win now. Uh, Brady is very, very old. Again, he's defying medical science. And knowing what we know now, you would have taken that. But um, I think they thought, what if we do this? And then the whole chemistry collapses and Brady turns out to be too old or too hurt. And we short-circuited our Super Bowl window or we closed our Super Bowl window prematurely. So in the end, the 49ers made that same decision. Um, the Chargers were all in, by the way. They were they were totally all in. Um, but I, one common thing I heard from 49er and Raider people during that time and since is that when they looked at the tape of Brady in 2019, they didn't. They thought he was descending. They thought the arm strength wasn't quite what it was. Right. And in, in retrospect, some of the same people have said to me, "Well, maybe we should have paid more attention to who his receivers were because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he definitely wasn't descending, but it looked like." You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Wonstadt, the former Bears and Dolphins head coach. This is an interesting week. So I said this the other day on Kenny Pickett. You're a Pittsburgh guy. I said he's 24, four-year starter, enters a stable organization that may have found the steal in the draft at wide receiver with George Pickens. Those are big advantages that most rookie quarterbacks don't get. They usually have a new coach. Kyler Murray did. They don't get Mike Tomlin. They don't get the Roonies. They don't get that stability. They don't get that roster. 24, played his college games in that stadium, four years starting. Dave, those are huge advantages other college quarterbacks don't have. So my takeaway is, listen, let's find out if he can play. Just put him out there. By the way, you get a break because Deshaun's not going to play until week 13. So I want to know by the end of this year, because next year there's going to be six quarterbacks in the first round. They're calling it one of the biggest quarterback years ever. I want to know by January, can the kid play or not? But this is not a Kyler Murray situation where he was a one-year college starter entering complete dysfunction. Same with Burrow. To me, you got to start him. I want to see live bullets. I, I he, this kid's twenty four, Dave. You can't you can't babysit him to me. No, I, you know what? I I like I agree with what the Steelers are doing now, and I kind of disagree with you a little bit for for two reasons. Number one, the age does not bother me. Uh, the Steelers 
you know, he's in a situation where they expect to win in a playoff game or Super Bowl this year. That's the goals. Different than Kyler Murray, obviously, going to Arizona, new coach, franchise, all the things you mentioned. Uh, here's what happens. If you start a rookie quarterback, in my opinion, and he struggles, you have a real chance to, uh, I don't want to say lose the locker room, but have the locker room question you as a head coach, as a general manager, as an owner. So the best situation for Kenny right now, and I talk to people back there every week, is, you know, Mitch Trubisky, they're not going to have to change one thing when Kenny Pickett becomes the quarterback. Him and Trubisky are very similar. They're athletes. They can both make plays on the move. Uh, you know, they're about the same size, same strength. So the offensive package that Matt Canada puts in, Kenny fits that mold perfectly. So I think that's a big advantage. You put Pickett in there, he struggles early. He struggles early, as rookie quarterbacks do. Now you put him on the bench, you may ruin that kid, and particularly in that time in Pittsburgh. I mean, they so Mitch, let Mitch get in there. I think Mitch will win for him, and Kenny is going to get his opportunity. Mason Rudolph is the guy that's out, in my opinion. You know, he, he's uh, in, in that city, he's had his opportunity. Uh, it hasn't worked out for whatever reasons. That's the guy that they'll play some, and they, they got to get him on tape and try to move him on. But it's going to be Trubisky. I have no questions. And then Pickett's going to be the guy. No, You know, that's going to happen. But I think it'll work itself out. And the way the Steelers work, they do nothing by knee-jerk reaction. So one good preseason game, you know, and I know the crowd. I was, I was in fact, I shot a, a little message out to Kenny after the game. When he came in at Pittsburgh Stadium, you know, up there, it was unbelievable. It was like a playoff mentality. The fans love him, but the Roonies know that. They're going to take it one step at a time. It's going to be Trubisky, and then Pickett will get his opportunity soon enough. They are not concerned about the age because the guy's never been hurt. He's healthy. He's tough. No problem. So you've had connections to Tampa for years. I don't think it's a big deal. But Brady decided, I'm just taking, I'm taking 14 days off here in the middle of camp. Now, I said this today. Mike Evans is hurt. Chris Godwin is hurt. Russell Gage is hurt. They lost their center for the year. Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Tyler Johnson got hurt. So I'm saying to myself, well, shit, the receivers are all hurt. Why have Brady come in and work with guys he's not going to work with in the regular season? But there are people that say, this is odd. It's a two-week break. And Dave, I look at it. He retired. And I think he made promises to his family. I think he told yep. Giselle and the kids, guys, we're going to take you guys. You kids are getting older. You're not going to want to go on vacations with dad. We're going to go on a three week vacation. And I think when he unretired, my guess is Giselle said, time out, <laughs> time out. You promised us. Do you think that's my guess? Do you think it would be disruptive if your star quarterback said, guys, I'm going to be gone for 14 days in camp? Yes. <laughs> I do, except it's Tom Brady. I've never had Tom Brady. Uh, I agree with you, though, Colin. I think this was all set up during retirement. You know, Todd Bowles is a very honest person. He came out right from the get-go and said, we have known about this for weeks or months. Uh, this is all part of the plan. Uh, so, you know, Tampa's not concerned. They're not really changing anything. In fact, if they change anything on offense, to be honest with you, it's going to be because of Tom's influence. You know, he's not going to go show up back there 
And all of a sudden, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator or the head coach, Todd Bowles, is going to say, you know, I, didn't, I don't really like these four or five plays. These are out. That ain't, that's not going to happen. Where Bruce, you know, was an offensive guy. Todd Bowles is staying away from it. So if, if anything changes, it's going to be because Tom Brady wants it to change for the offense. So I don't see that being a problem whatsoever. And you know he's staying in shape, I mean, and doing all those things. His poor kids, he's probably wearing them out catching footballs. Can you imagine how many balls they're catching a day? That's the only- <laughs> Listen, I know you love your linebackers, and Roquan Smith is really good. But I said this the other day. Years ago, the Golden State Warriors had a player named Monte Ellis. He was very, very good. He was their best player. But he wasn't a great shooter. And the league was pivoting to shooting, three-point shooting. And so they decided to let Monte Ellis go. He had a market, and he was their best athlete. But he'd been there a few years, and he wasn't generating enough wins. And so they went with Curry because he was the next – he's what was happening to basketball. Ellis was an all-star. Ellis was their best player. He was not a shooter. The game is changing. Roquan Smith is not getting wins for you. Outside of Moody – They don't have a dependable number two receiver. Their offensive line with the Bears isn't very good. And Justin Fields has to work. This can't fail again. And I look at Chicago's history. I can't name their top five receivers. I can name their top five linebackers, but the world's changing. I've had general managers tell me, you simply can't pay big money for a linebacker unless it's Ray Lewis or maybe Darius Leonard because he gets the ball back. And in Chicago right now, I look at Roquan Smith and he wants big money. And I'm like, I like him a lot. And he may be the second best player, first best player on the team. But if you could get a star receiver for him or a left tackle with Justin Fields, wouldn't you have to consider it? You would have to consider it. And I'm not sure where the numbers are at, but a couple points in defense of what the Bears are doing. I was up there and I had a long talk with Matt Everflus, the defensive coordinator, or the head coach now. And they are going from a 3-4 to a 4-3. And it's a 4-3. There's different types of 4-3 defenses. They are in the mold of what we did at Dallas. I did at Miami, Chicago. Uh, They are in the mold of what Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith did. And when when I go back and I say, okay, Derek Brooks, in that defense, they are not a blitz team. This is the team that's going to play a lot of different coverages, rush four, and your linebackers better make a lot of tackles. And you, Derek Brooks was invaluable for Tampa Bay. Zach Thomas was invaluable for us at Miami. Uh, Lance Briggs, Brian Erlacher were invaluable to the Bears. All the same scheme. So I think you got to look at the scheme. And, and you mentioned Darius Leonard. I mean, take a look at Damari Davis. Take a look at Fred Warner. Take a look at some of the top linebackers uh, right now. And you compare Roquan Smith to these guys, and he's got, he, he's got more tackles than him. I mean, the guy averages over 100 tackles. Is old. He's 25 years old. The Bears have a hundred, they will have a hundred million dollars in cap space next year. So if it's bizarre, I'm on board with you, Colin. If you came in and said, this guy's asking for more money than any linebacker in the league, Bob, on and on and on, then, then hey, okay, what can we get for the guy? Let's investigate it. But if we're trying, if he's being reasonable with us, he was in a charity event last week here in Chicago. 
you know, he's what do they call the term in in house holdout or whatever the term is. I yeah, I, I you know whatever that means. Uh, so he's he's in all the meetings. He's working out. He's in shape. He knows the defense. You know, none of those things bother me. The guys attending charity events around the city. Uh, he, he, I, in my opinion, I would do everything I could to get this thing done, unless the numbers were out of, of, of absurd. Uh, if they're not, this guy in this scheme of defense makes a huge difference because he can. He never comes off the field. He plays the run. He plays the pass. He can blitz. He's he's got numbers to support everything. And um, you compare him with those top guys. In my opinion, he's he's right there, talent wise and production wise, with all of them. So I would take it to the last straw. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I have my concerns with Fields. They have one receiver I like, Moody. Nice tight end, decent backs, but an offensive line that's ranked in the bottom six or seven in the league. Um, I think Detroit's going to be better. Minnesota's going to be better because Kirk Cousins will feel supported. Green Bay is probably not as good. I don't see light at the end of the tunnel for Chicago. Sell me on what you see. Well, I'll tell you, I had a long talk with Ryan Poles, the general manager, and we were talking about the cap space that they're going to have, all the draft picks that they're going to have. We will know, and this is and I, this is going to be a quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, they're going to give Justin Fields, uh, you know, it, it, it may not be the high-scorest offense, I mean, they're going to have to play great defense, but they're going to run the ball and they're going to move him in the pocket, uh, misdirection plays. I mean, they're going to have enough stuff to give him chance to make plays, which he ha- didn't do last year. And they're going to protect them if they got to keep seven guys in the block. They're going to do everything they can to protect them. By week eight, if we have a conversation, we'll both be in agreement. It's going to be one of those things where 50 guys in a bar see see something. It's probably that way, regardless of what anybody else thinks you know and so i think by by mid-season you know 50 people down here on this street michigan avenue in a bar they're gonna we're all gonna be on the same page if justin fields is the future or not yeah i don't think i you know dave i used to be one of these give a guy three years but now with all the seven on seven camps these kids come out they're ready to play like i'll give you two years i I, the, the timeline i use i'll give you a year of starting yep in the second year by thanksgiving I'm going to have private conversations with my GM and my owner, and I'm going to know. I really feel like I, I, I'm not going to give you – I used to be a believer in 48 starts. I'm kind of a believer in 24. Like, I'll know at 24. Like, a Daniel Jones. Listen, he's right. not accurate enough. He's just not accurate enough. Um, and, you know, Gettleman didn't surround him with much, but I always contend that teams – no sooner than they let on. I was told this years ago by an agent, a company decides to fire you a year before they tell you is what would you have to see with Justin Fields that concerned you? Like what was something you you go to the GM at Thanksgiving and go, shit, we got a problem here. The, the only thing I saw coming back from Ohio State, and I've said this on the air here, you know, the guy in two years starting Ohio State, he was sacked 52 times. You know, 26 sacks a game or whatever it was, you know, and it was over 50. I think it was 52. And I want to see the biggest thing I want to see. I ain't worried about his accuracy or speed or I want to see him make the decision and throw the ball, get the ball out quick, you know, and, and, and help protect yourself. That's what I got to see. I got to see a quick decision and the ball coming out. And, and the style of offense can help that. There's no question about that. 
And uh, but but that's the one thing that that bothered me a little bit because you know the guys that they got blocking at Ohio State they're as big as this door, and uh, and some of the people that are blocking. So that's a lot of sacks for whatever reason. When when you're a balanced offense, they were running the ball. So I I, I want he, we got to eliminate those sacks. And the quarterback has as much to do with getting sacked as right. the offensive line. I mean, you you got to get rid of that thing and make a quick decision. That's what I want to see. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network it's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.